from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newstalk ZB and a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, the Ardern Curran firing, not firing situation, we'll, we'll get into this. Should we give the ABs public money when they make so much of their own? Uh, is tourism actually a subject? At school, I mean. And then uh, we're going to do a double hit on Trump. And by that, I mean we're going to beat up Trump twice. Uh, before any of that, yeah, let's get into uh, Dern not firing Curran, only sort of. The bloke Handley was not just the government tech whiz candidate. He's on the board of a company deeply interested in the government's move around free-to-air sport. The information potentially flowing back and forward in that room would have been valuable to both sides. Now, she claims she forgot. Again. I don't believe her. You don't get roasted the way she did over Hirschfeld, then go and do exactly the same thing again, unless you're four and a half years old or dumber than we can comprehend. Now, the important point of all of this is the actions. Her actions are dangerous. She is not to be trusted. She is a repeat offender. And as such, given she hasn't been removed from all her portfolios, what is there to show us she won't be doing the same thing again? And that's where Adern has let us all down. When a problem arises, you show leadership by showing how you're going to prevent a repeat. Adern has shown no such thing. Curran's out there with portfolios and ministerial limousines just as dangerous as she was before she got a couple of minor duties removed from her watch last Friday. Does she still have ministerial responsibility? Yes. Is she still in charge of stuff? Yes. Could she then repeat the same thing for a gobsmackingly extraordinary third time? Yes. Now, of course, you want to say no one's that dumb, but then we said that the first time. If Curran was on the back bench now, we'd be safe, but she's not. That same level of ineptitude still has hands-on broadcasting and ACC. So what has Adern actually done by way of fixing the problem or showing leadership? Nothing. So uh, Mike went on to interview uh, Adern this morning and uh, basically said that uh, the portfolios of uh, digital technology and open government were made-up portfolios. And boy, the Prime Minister got annoyed about that. She said, if, if, if you think uh, the portfolio of digital technology is a made-up portfolio, we have a problem. I think we may have a problem. Uh, do we have a problem around AB funding? Rugby, of course is fluid. I mean, it is profitable, but not wildly so. And that was Hanson's point, I think. Rugby isn't rich. And it isn't remotely in the same league as the billionaires who can pay whatever they want in Europe. And traditionally, sport funding is about helping sport win, and the All Blacks already do that. So so what we need to do here is basically change the mindset, change the outlook. Given it's the most powerful brand we have, why doesn't the government, government leverage off that? The irony here, being that it's the All Blacks helping the government, I would have thought not so much the other way around. Yes, money would help hold and develop players. Of course it would. But a country whose flag flies as part of the All Blacks is a country getting a monumental amount of bang for buck. The All Blacks aren't just successful. They're revered. Uh, They're bigger than the sport itself. They're iconic. Governments need that. Countries need that. Trade shows, trade deals, getting us front and centre in places where small countries have trouble getting front and centre. Get Kieran Reid and Sonny Bill in a room with the Prime Minister and you've got headlines, leverage and attention for Africa. Make the All Blacks not just sports people, but ambassadors, official New Zealand representatives. Uh, you, you're telling me that Carter, McCaw, Fitzpatrick, Kirk, 
couldn't all have worked well at official level, of course they could. See them as more than one-dimensional. Utilise the skills they have not just on the field but offered as well. They are gold. They are more than gold. Hanson's right. They're our biggest brand. In a world where government money is so often flushed down the toilet, this would have a return in space. Uh, I suggested this morning that, I mean, if you don't give public money to rugby, then you shouldn't give it to America's Cup. Just leaving a long pause there, let that uh, sink in. Uh, is tourism actually a subject? And this is why tourism has a problem. Yes, it's seen, unfortunately, as a sort of a go-nowhere subject at school, so the tourism industry needs to change that. But there are two key critical things they can do, according to the people I've been talking to, who are in the middle of the system at the moment. One is the subject is internal, not external. And the critical difference there is it's generally perceived by students if something's internal, it's not real. It's not robust, it's not properly marked, it's not properly overseen, it's just a bit of an internal funsy that may or may not do you any good. It needs to be external. So that's the first thing they can do. The other thing apparently, according to my sources in the education system currently, uh, is that you can only ever get an achieved. So if you take tourism as a subject, all you can do is get achieved. You either get it or you don't get it. There is no excellence. So students who want to take a subject and strive for something, i.e. excellence, aren't going to take a subject in which A, it's internal, and B, all you can ever get is achieved. You either pass or you don't. They want to see excellence next to their name. So therefore, it's not perceived, obviously, if you can't chase excellence, it's not perceived as a serious subject. Surely those are two simple, simple things that the industry, through their relationship with the education facilities, could change. Um, change it up a bit, make it a more serious subject, make it a bit more robust, get it external, get some excellence going so that you can come out with it feeling good about having taken the subject. Is that that hard? That was a five-minute conversation with one of my kids, and they had that problem solved like that. Why does the tourism industry have so much difficulty with it? Very difficult to relate to this because I don't remember tourism being a subject when I was at school. Um... Mind you, I think we still, what did we call, woodwork and metalwork were workshop technology back in those days. I think they're something else now. Home economics became, it's become food technology now. It was definitely wasn't that then. Think, I'm very old and I don't know what's going on, but at least I still know how to work the phone. Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Uh, so as we mentioned, a trade deal has been struck between the US and Mexico, of course, and uh, what made this really weird, and you won't have seen this because it was in the early hours of this morning, but we did, and my God, it was funny. It was all live on television. So picture this. Trumpy's at his desk in the Oval Office, right? He's sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office, and he's live on television staring down the barrel of the camera. And he's getting, for reasons best known to themselves, getting the Mexican president on the phone. This is all live, out to the world. And he decides... So he's, he's telling you about the deal, and he wants to get the Mexican president on the phone. The trouble is, turns out, Trumpy doesn't know how to use the phone. Uh, the president is on the phone. Enrique? Hello. Yeah, you can hook him up. You tell me when. This is all live. How are you? It's a big thing. A lot of people waiting. <laughs> Hello? Do uh, you want to uh, put that on this phone, please? Hello? 
leader of the free world. Be helpful. On the phone. Although not really on the phone. Hello. President Trump. Thank you. And that is where they finally got the call to wear. And off they went on line, of course. Watching Trump trying to use a phone, painful. He can't even use a phone. How the hell is he running a country? Wow, says another one. President Trump doesn't even know how to work the phone in his office. Sad. Watching Trump try to handle his phone to conference in the president is like Alec Baldwin on SNL. In fact, another one says Alec Baldwin should reprise that Trump phone call to Mexico for uh, SNL. They don't even need to adjust anything. Just just play it off the actual transcript. And finally, Trump's administration not being able to even manage a simple phone call is all the TV ad material the Democratic Party will ever need. What a morning. I, I can't... Um, I just can't believe... That, that happened, which is why I played that whole thing, and I've played it again in Glen BTV today. Uh, so you can actually watch the video. I mean, you can't just look up the video, of course, but it may be, who knows? Maybe it's funnier with me sitting in front of the video. Maybe not. Well, look it up and watch it, and you be the judge, Glen BTV. Uh, but uh, let's not leave Trump alone. Just on that. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a row brewing. It's already started in America between Trump and McCain and those who would want to see McCain more respected by the current president, sitting president, than he has been. Uh, McCain didn't like Trump. There's no secret in that. And Trump doesn't like McCain either. But in death, you show a level of respect, which unfortunately Trump has not done. Uh, there was going to be some sort of official presidential statement upon the passing of McCain, but uh, Trump vetoed that apparently and put out a tweet. While all the others uh, came to the party, uh, Trump has not been invited to the funeral, whereas the other uh, presidents have. Bush has been asked for a eulogy. I think uh, Obama is definitely going. Um, so the press wanted to know a bit about this today. So at the meeting uh, where um, the president of Mexico got together with Trump via the phone that proved so difficult, uh, people wanted to ask about McCain and listen to what Trump says to the McCain questions. Mr. President, do you have any thoughts on John McCain? Do you have any thoughts at all about John McCain? Do, 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 do you believe John McCain was a hero, sir? Nothing at all about John McCain. And there we have it. So, uh, and all that time, he was on one sofa, Melania's on another sofa, adjacent sofas. Uh, read into that what you will. But uh, he's on. He's, he just does that very special thing that only Trump can do, which is stare into middle distance and pretend absolutely nothing's going on around him. One more time, let's listen to it. Mr. President, do you have any thoughts on John McCain? Do you have any thoughts at all about John McCain? Do, 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 do you believe John McCain was a hero, sir? Nothing at all about John McCain. And that poor woman in the background, that's, uh, that, that's, that, that's what they call the, uh, the shout-out or the yellow question thing where they, they heard you out of the room. They say, righto, we're done. And everyone just madly asks questions uh, just in the faint hope that they're going to get Trump's attention. But uh, not, not this particular day they didn't. The, the really cool thing about that bit of audio is that even if you only listened to it and you didn't see the vision that went with it, you know exactly the pose that he's in, that sort of hunched over, just pretending that he's not there, that he's somewhere else, and he, he won't answer any questions. You've seen it before. What a guy. I am Glenn ZB. What a guy. I'll see you back here again with more uh, uh, The Rewrap tomorrow.